Welcome to the If I Only Knew podcast with Debbie and Veronica, two friends with a combined age of 110 years. I'm 65. And I'm 55. Between us, we have five kids, three grandkids, and a total of 75 years married. Now it's time to be inspired, laugh a lot, and learn to thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to the If I Only Knew podcast. Today we're talking part two of making friends and overcoming loneliness. So last week we talked about how loneliness is a feeling that most of us feel and it's really normal. We talked about the difference between loneliness and depression. Um, We talked about how to overcome loneliness. We gave you some steps of some things that you can do, um, like Uh, getting rid of that critical inner man that's talking to you, putting yourself out there. Um, Anything else you wanted to add to what we said last week, Debbie? Um, No, I think, and I I would encourage you, if you were um, new to the podcast and you showed up on this one, uh, go back to part one, take a listen. It's, again, a a pretty short 23-minute session, as we always do. So uh, I think it'll be helpful, but I think you covered it great. Yeah, great. All right, so today we're going to jump right in to talking about making friends um, and friendships. And do you want to, should we start off with uh, toxic friendships. I agree. I yeah. think that I think everybody That's worries a big about. It. I mean, subject. we kind of know in our friends and the friends we've had, and right. all, all looking at all of our friends and making a bit awareness of all that. There are oftentimes there are some friends that stick out as toxic friends, right? And you know, there's a whole varying scale of toxic friends. One being, you know, like oh, they annoy me a little bit because they are <laughs> negative in their speech. To ten, they're verbally and emotionally abusive to me. And I just want to say that if you have friends that are up in that 10 scale, you need to maybe make some really serious decisions about that friendship. But what we're going to be talking to you about today mostly is probably the people that are like sevens and under. Yeah, I would agree. You know, people that maybe um, have a lot of different uh, ideas than you do and are maybe more verbal about them than you are or who don't talk the same way that you do. Uh, maybe they aren't kind. Right. But those are more of the kind of uh, relationships that that we're going to be talking into today. Right. We have a couple. We have a sort of a short little grouping of things we think that should stand out to mm-hmm. kind of frame it for you. And you can rate on your own scale there. So I like your idea of scaling yeah. that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so people who are friends that they cause stress and anxiety, mm. is it all the time, some of the time, whatever, but it's really stress and anxiety so much so that you're just afraid uh, of what will happen. Um, yeah, that's a big clue. If you yeah. are stressed out about meeting with somebody or talking to somebody before you get together with them, clue. Yes. Maybe that's a toxic relationship. Yes. Yeah. And you need to, we're going to give you some tools on how to deal with toxic relationships when we're done talking about some of the clues, some of the other clues to toxic relationships. What about friends that you, that you can't trust or that you feel cautious about? Yeah. Mm. that And I think you can think about that and it might be just a particular situation or you confided in them with very specific information that, you trusted them to keep that information sacred and then you hear bits and pieces of a story later. Um, Really that a a trust is important. I think 
I'll, I'll phrase it to that, but you have to understand who to, tr tr what to trust what with. Yes. It doesn't make it uh, automatically a toxic relationship if you blindly gave your trust and told something pretty heavy duty and then you hear a bit of it later. I mean, I think that whole trust factor needs to be kind of looked at cautiously. But this Absolutely. is when somebody's really toxic, it means you really, you know, on a high end. Yes. You really can't trust them. Right there's, it's a problem. Yes. Yeah. Trust is huge. And you want to be able to trust and not only that they're not going to share things, but that they're not going to, when you share something very deep and vulnerable about yourself, that they're not going to come back later and hold it against you. Ah, good point. You know, because for me, that's probably like one of the situations that I've experienced the most deeply in like betrayal and, and being, um, where I can't trust someone is where I've shared maybe weaknesses that I have. And then later when I always say people love you till they don't. And, when, I like that. you know, and, yes. and when, you know, when I, some through my own fault of actions and ways that I handled things had people who loved me until they didn't. And, um, used some of those real vulnerab vulnerabilities that I had shared with them to make a case against me. Yes. And th then my next steps were to learn how to begin to trust women again. Because then it's really hard because it's a deep betrayal. It's not just, I told you a secret and you told our other friend because you thought maybe she could help. And no, this is a, I right, want to wound mistake. you. Right. It's not just I want to wound you with this information. Correct. And, and, you know, that's, that's a place where you have to once again, learn to trust. So, so for me, trusting people is very hard. I hold, sometimes I hold things kind of close. I'm vulnerable. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Right. But there's other things that I hold very, very close to my heart and I don't share them as easily as I did maybe in the past before so you think this as, situation. Uh, do you happened. think in, over time, just the kinds of relationships you've had, different areas, different places has impacted your ability to trust them? 1,000%. Right. 1,000%. But the good news is, is that I do think that there was a part of me that I was, I just threw caution to the wind and I would share anything and everything about myself <laughs> with anybody and everybody. Yeah. And so in my maturity, I have learned that that's not always a good idea. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So now it's not that I don't share things. It's that I, I do share things, but I'm cautious about who I share them. And, you know, also when we have friendships, it's like our friendship has a bridge between us, right? Sure. And some bridges are made from concrete and man, those things can hold you know, thousand ton, you know, whatever. Yeah, they'll support right? everything. They'll support every everything. weather. But All some weather. of them are wooden swinging bridges <laughs> that, you know, you might want to be a little <laughs> careful about what you walk across that, that bridge with. Right? That's a great analogy. Yeah, so, so trust that for me, that's a gigantic um, thing for toxic friendships. The other thing I want to bring up here though, another point is uh, the trust of, of action on actions, but also people make mistakes. Yes. Oftentimes we hold uh, people in such high regard that people, I mean, we're, after all, we're just human beings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we were born imperfect. No one is perfect. And I think 
when we feel something might be toxic or, or things were happening in the relationship that I couldn't trust or whatever, that you have to understand that people make mistakes. Yeah. They, they may not have intentionally done something at that time. If the communication wasn't good, then you didn't have that. You didn't have the communication. So then you don't know. And over time that builds up a whole nother story. And the reality is that person just made a few mistakes. Yes. So I think you know, that's something, you know, you can understand if somebody's making intentional mistakes versus well-intended actions that turned into mistakes. Yes, absolutely. And you do need to be able to differentiate that. The one common thing though, is that we need to be able to forgive both. Yes. Because forgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's true. And it, nothing's going to happen to them if you're holding unforgiveness against them, right? Yes. It's only going to affect us Absolutely. in an extremely negative way. Right. So learning how to forgive goes a long way in our being able to be a really good friend to other people and being able to receive friendship from other people. From other people. Yeah. I agree with you there. For sure. Um, competing. Sometimes Ooh. there's a lot of high competition. We talked about this last a little bit about yes. loneliness as a source of loneliness when you see differences. But now when you're getting into actual competition about lifestyles and everything else, again, one upping each other. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and some, it's kind of interesting. I think when I look back over the years and my friendships and times of, of, of my life, seasons of the life, you know, it felt like the forties were that kind of time where I remember, do we remember when the kids were getting ready to go to colleges? And then before you know it, it was an entire discussion about what the SAT scores were and how, who's getting into what school. And that makes my person, my child even better. And that whole, I mean, it was just like, I, what yeah. or who travels the most? I mean, who cares? Right. Really, right. at this stage of my life, right. I'm like, really, who cares? Okay, right. I, you know, it doesn't really. I matter. love life. I love you, or you don't love me, and that's right. Bada and, bing, bada boom. And you know what? I don't care if your kid went to the yeah. most awesome Ivy League school on a full scholarship. If they're not a good person, exactly, it doesn't matter a right. little bit. Right. So, but that is so true. We, I think, as women. There are a couple of things that we compare ourselves and have competition in. It's our looks. Yes. It's our kids. Yes. And our house spouse type of situation. You know, my spouse is better than yours. Oh, look at what an amazing thing my spouse did. It can make people, when we're always kind of bragging about that kind of stuff, it can make people feel inadequate or like they don't have. So we need to be really cautious in our friendships that we're not doing that to people, like making them feel like they're less than or that. And a lot of times, let's be honest, when that kind of situation happens, it's because we're feeling insecure. Absolutely. So we, it's not they're intending to one up you necessarily. Exactly. It's often sometimes our own inadequacy that exactly. we're receiving that information to then compare and feel like we're less of a person. We have right. less, right. all this ridiculousness, right. yes. but it happens. It feels, you feels that way. It totally feels yeah. that way. But it, it can be toxic if it's all there is. If that's all there, if you have a friend and every time you tell them about something good that's happening in your life and that their next response to you is, Oh, well, this is what's going on. That can be toxic. Yeah. Or if something really bad is happening in your life and right. you need someone to support you and listen to you. And the only thing they do is bring up the last horrible thing that happened to them. Right. 
That's toxic. I do think that's toxic. I do think though that some people just don't know how. When people Very are low, um, it, some people just don't know how. So they say, yeah. "Well, if the, if I make them, I'll make them feel better right. if I tell them how, <laughs> how bad, bad it is for was. me." Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, I do think that that you again it really some keen awareness yeah. to is that just to make you feel more wounded? That's a toxic. Right. Or is it they just don't know how to help me, so they're sharing so they're their sharing experience. their experience. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, what about someone who you don't really enjoy spending time with? Like you do it because you've known them maybe 30 years, but now, you know, you get together and it's like, I'm not really having fun. Or maybe, maybe your life situations have changed and um, maybe the things that they like doing that you used to like doing together, you don't want to do those things anymore. Yeah. And would so you it's consider that fun. toxic or do you think that might be just um, an evolution of certain friendships over time well, I think, based on life? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's both, but I think it, be, it can become toxic when we force ourselves into situations that are not healthy for us. There. We don't speak. When we get into our answers, that's where right. we just continue to... Um, we don't adjust. We don't communicate. We just continue to sort of exist yes. with that. Doing and the then same it becomes things. toxic, right? Because so, for instance, maybe you have a group of girlfriends, and and the thing that kind of knit you all together was talking poorly about people, and you've decided in your life, you know what? I I I can't do that anymore. It, I don't leave the conversations feeling good about myself or feeling healthy. I don't want to do that anymore. And so when you get together with them, it's not a joyful situation because you just have to kind of sit there quiet. And then even then, if, you know, just your silence can be, you know, a, a communication of agreement sometimes. So it no longer is, it can become toxic to us. Uh, and that, that brings a thought to me, which we hadn't even discussed before this, but you know, in this um, society sort of we're into now, it's very much a um, um, drinking, friends Absolutely. get together for drinking. I know this is a tough topic and I'm only going partial on this one. So, <laughs> um, because, you know, many of us like to tip a drink and have a glass of wine. And many of the times that what, you, what we did was just, oh my God, I have to have a glass of wine. Call my girlfriend. Let's have a glass of wine. We got to get through this, yep. this, you know, the school thing, the, this thing, the, that thing. And, and before you know it, we got to get together and have a glass of wine because we have to travel or oh my God, it's every reason. Or we just enjoy it because it releases some of the inhibitions mm -hmm. and it's fun. And all of a sudden we're dancing and you know, all of it, but, but we, we have to be careful. Like, and sometimes what happens is if you decide to do dry January or dry forever or whatever you choose, um, and you find that many, some of your relationships were based on the fun on, um, being, you know, two, two, you know, two glasses of wine or three or whatever is part of the whole thing. And you can't do that anymore. And then they're like, come on, dad, come on. You, you make an announcement. I'm not drinking January. Okay. All right. Good. So then you go and you say, okay, it's two wines. Okay. You say, come on. You can drink January. Don't do dry February. Yeah. Don't be a downer. Yeah. Don't be downer. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, uh, and yeah. this is not a recent experience for me because I haven't decided on a dry January, <laughs> but I'm just sharing with you that I've seen this. I've been through this yes. in the past. Yeah. And I do think that then when you're trying to make a, reach a health goal or a behavior habit, goal and others, you know, in your friendship, when you get together, 
it's either challenged, mainly challenged. Mainly challenged. Yeah, because sometimes people just can't support it. I don't want to see it. Right. They may want to do it themselves. Right. They don't want to do it right now. Right. You're chatty, Kathy, about how you're going to lose all right. this weight. Right. So, <laughs> but the reality is, you know, if it's challenged, yes. then that becomes toxic. It I becomes exactly, and that I think that's what I was trying to get at yeah. with the. But yes, if you have a situation in your life where you've decided you're not doing something anymore, and your friends can't not do that when they're around you, or even if they do, like with the whole dry January thing, um, I've been doing that and it's fine. If people want to drink around me, I don't mind that, but don't make me feel bad because right. I don't want. Right. Just because you chose to, to make because that your, I chose your to make choice. That my choice. Right. So, and, and, and we need to be careful that we don't do that to other people. Right. So yeah, that's definitely a sign of a toxic relationship. And how about people that will speak poorly of you. So let's take that situation, you know, and you leave and then you find out later that chatter, chatter, chatter. Oh, I can't believe Debbie's trying to do the whole dry January. <laughs> you know, she's never going to stick <laughs> with it because she, da, 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 da. she's done dry January yeah. for 20 years. Right. right. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, you don't, I don't want friends. <laughs> I do enough critical talk and negative self-talk. I don't need my friends doing it to me as well. Right. That's toxic. Yes, that is toxic. That is toxic. I would agree. Yes. All right. So, so how do we get out of this? How do we get out of it? Or how do we, how work, do we with it? work with and not just discard toxic friendships, but how do we actually improve toxic friendships? Well, one of the first things I think about is um, honestly communicating your boundaries. So 100% agree. I mean, I, you know, again, nothing in life is perfect. And if you recognize that some of your communication and some of these things are lighting up a light bulb for you, um, the, the first thing you have to think about is, okay, it's time. We need to communicate yeah. some of these bonds, boundaries honestly. What's bothering you? Yes. What is upsetting you? Right. Why do we have such a hard time honestly communicating our boundaries? Uh, I think that... Many, is it maybe for some of us a fear of conflict? Fear of conflict, fear of being um, left alone, left like alone. left. Yeah. Okay. Just if you tell me that, fine, okay, fine. fine. I'm going to leave you then. I'll, yeah. I'm not going to talk to you. I don't need to, your friendship. Yeah. I have other things. And maybe you, you value that so much. Right. Yeah. Um, that's really good. So, all right. So let's talk about communication, boundaries, and honesty in our relationships. So communicate, tell your friend what you need. Right. I Tell think, them exactly what you need. Right. If you feel that in the friendship that they are hypercritical to you, or right. you, you are trying to explain something and they're hypercritical uh, or talk down to you, right. as a matter of fact, yes. I think that's when you have to say, whoa, this is what's happening. You may not realize that this is happening, um, but what's what you the way you're speaking to me is, is making me feel demeaned. Yes. I'm not... I'm not able to uh, understand or absorb, or I'm taking it poorly. Now I realize part of that's mine, but part of it is yours. Right. It, there's an ownership, co-ownership and communication Absolutely. at all times. One really important thing, I think personally, when you're communicating something to somebody um, is that you don't blame them. Very good. So okay. if I'm Debbie, if you're telling me, um, Oh my gosh, you would be so beautiful if you could just like lose some pounds. Like seriously, I have this outfit that would look amazing on you if you were just a little thinner. 
That does not make me, I actually had a situation when I was younger, I had a situation and I was, it was summertime in North Carolina and I was much younger, little tiny toddlers running around and um, sitting on a couch with a friend of mine and I had shorts on and she was always very, very slender. And I've always been a little bit thicker. I'm very athletic. My build is very athletic and I was not obese at the time, but I was thicker than right. she was. And, um, and she said, she looked at me, looked at my legs and said, Oh my gosh, I never realized how big your legs are. <laughs> there you go. What? what? Yeah. Right. What? Like, does that, that wound you for a while? Yeah. It still, I look at my legs every day and think, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how big your legs are. Why do we let that happen? Why, because it confirmed something to me that I already thought about myself. And she happened to say it out loud. But if, but do you know that what you thought about for yourself was really that accurate or was just yet another distorted view of yourself? Probably. So the distorted, so we take distortion and add more distortion to create a, ma- a major wound. Exactly. Uh, and the picture of life. Exactly. So now my self-talk to my legs needs to change. And I need to tell my legs how thankful I am that they they help me stand every single day so that I can put my hands on lovely women and help them feel better about themselves. Exactly. That's a much better way. Yes. So that's a strategy. Yes. And my legs are strong. I have very strong legs. Maybe when people say that, so then saying to them, here would be a better way. This is how, you know, I think our friendship would even thrive more. If, if you were to say to me, okay, Deb, this is, I'd like you to do this, this, the saying it a different way exactly. would mean that you may not know I'm that sensitive, but I am. Right. And if the friendships to continue, that's how we, you need, we need to, to be a little in. more aware because, of how you say things. And, and listening to your daughter's uh, podcast, oh my gosh, yes. amazing. Um, we'll have yeah. to leave her some information about her, but yes. she said, if your needs are unmet, you will have trouble meeting their needs. Yes. And I think using that statement is, is sort of non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. You have needs, I have needs. If you're not meeting my needs, I mean, it's just, it makes just perfect sense. Totally. I'm going to have trouble meeting yours. Exactly. And maybe sometimes it has to go on. We have to stop. Right. But maybe there's something you can mutually agree upon to work. There's a sign. I put my hand up. Okay. You know, one, yeah. something funny, something right. lighthearted. Yes. So that both parties are needs are met. Well, and I think too, going into that, we need to be kind with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to think before we just kind of blurt things out that, you know, that might hurt somebody or that might, might like trigger something in them. And I think that's where knowing each other and where I communicate to you who I am, honestly, communicate to you who I am. So that's another one. How are we, why are we not honest with each other about who we really are and what we really need. Right. right. We don't, we don't usually, we leave no, that out. We it's leave like it supposed, out. It's, it's imaginary uh, talk mm-hmm. okay, yep. or in, of your head. Well, she probably likes this or that or what. Right. We don't really even know. We haven't even had the conversation. Exactly. Which I think it should be sort of like the prerequisite, you know, to a friendship. Okay. We're friends. Okay. What? I don't want to hurt you ever. I, what? you know, tell me a little bit about you when I'm starting new friends, yes. I'm trying to learn that now right. a little bit better, yes. but even with my current friends, you know, how much have I done really a due diligence to say, Hey, this is where I'm feeling left at left in the picture. Yeah. You know, right. I'm working on this purpose to, you know, save the world and right. be right. self-help <laughs> guru and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And that might not be your thing, but yeah. I want you once in a while to say, Deb, how is it going? Yes. But more than how's it going? 
Um, how can I best support you? Right. Oh, that's good. I like that. That yes. makes me feel yeah. so good. And okay, so they might not be on this mission or purpose. Right. Everybody has their own. But what what makes them happy? What would be really good for me to say to them, hey, how can I support you with this? How can I support you with what you're dealing with? A, a, you know, I don't know, a diagnosis, anything. Right, anything. Knowing me, anything. Yes. How do I support you? Well, and one of the things that I wrote down is, why aren't we honest with who we really are in our relationships? Why are we not honest, really honest about what we need out of our relationships? And one of the things we talked about is because sometimes we're afraid they'll confirm our shame. Oh, if there's something that we vulnerably tell somebody that we're struggling with, yes. then the fear that they'll confirm that shame that we already carry over that situation is... It's painful. painful. It's so painful. It's so, so painful because yeah. we're already, you know, batting the I mean, we're always, <laughs> we're pretty hard on ourselves. Exactly. And then if that comes through and you already feel shameful for something that might, I mean, honestly, you couldn't have helped. Right. Exactly. We have to begin to value who we are in order to begin to share honestly who we are. Yes. And then we have to bounce off all those fears that pop up a constant. It's almost like that game, you know, where you're constantly hitting the little head that pops up. What game is I don't this? know. You know, it's one of the <laughs> bling, bling, yeah, okay. you know. And I feel like sometimes I have some relationships that are like that. Like I'm constantly trying to bang down all the negative talk in my head okay. with those relationships. And so, you know, just trying to really um, be honest with myself about who I am and then honestly share that person. Right. So say, sit down and say, hey, Sally, I want to give you, I'm giving you a call. I haven't talked in a while. Let's, let's get together in and then when you get to go say, you know what, part of the reason is I feel I've learned I'm, something I'm trying to correct in my life is, you know, um, how you view, how do people view me and how I view them and, our, and how do we view each other in this yes. friendship? Where is it distorted and where is it not? Yes. Um, sort of correct the whole vision yes. of where you are. And I think when we talked a little bit earlier too about nurturing the friendships. Yeah. It takes being a little brave to say that. I mean, yeah. oh, it takes want, a lot. Brave. Tell me what you think of me. Well, okay. Do you have a list? Okay, go right. for it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, but you know, I think if you're really honest and kind and have that kind of discussion, you will save some toxic relationships. There are people that you know you dearly love, exactly. but you've not really had the kind of good conversation, uh, and it will really it will help you to grow an even stronger bond. Absolutely. And Anytime you've been through something where you can where you can bond over something like this, it's going to make you stronger. I think sharing the shame. Mm -hmm. sharing that sometimes those things wound you and the shame you carry for them. Right. And say, you know how we've said, and even the post on Instagram is that, you know, real true friends are family and family backs each other up. Absolutely. No matter what. Family doesn't give up on each other. Doesn't Brittany said up. that in yep, her she Facebook did. They live. Don't give up. Family doesn't give up on each other. Right. And that's the thing that we really need to, to, to say, look, I'm, I am, communicating with you my honest expectations of our relationship. And I'm setting these boundaries because that's the last thing is that you got to set that's some boundaries right? Um, because I love you and because I'm not willing to give up on this friendship. Yes. That's a whole different kind of conversation. Whole different kind of conversation. Then rather than you did this to me and you do this to me and you make me feel this way. And 
you know, that's going to blow up in your face. Yeah, because like we all carry our self-division and our own shame and our own sense of lack of self-worth as well as our worth and all of those other good things that make us who we are. Absolutely. But I think what you're so right, saying it in such a loving way um, makes a difference. And we hope some of these quotes, I mean, that we're saying to you, we'll try to put them in the the show notes, but I think they're, they're, they're very powerful. I think because they don't pass judgment, they're not wounding kinds of statements. Yes. Um, I, I think they get it a better piece. Yes, very true. And don't ever apologize for you having to look after yourself. That's right. I do. I tend to do that. Oh, we I'm sorry. Apologize I'm all sorry. The time. I'm sorry. I, I, oh, I, I put water. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, pour, you poured the water. I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't bring yeah. water. What, I, what Why do we apologize sorry? all the time? <laughs> yeah. Re- watch yourself yes. sometimes. Listen I do this. Yourself. We all do this. Yeah. But you should never, in a friendship, have to apologize for who you are are and and for taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah. Indeed. 100% agree. That is so, so very true. You know, I like to say that when I have something that's kind of difficult that I need to talk about with somebody, I do the Oreo effect. I start out with something positive. Like I am just so totally grateful for our friendship. Okay. And then boom, this is the the not so fun thing that I have to share. And then I end with another positive. Like I can't wait to see where our friendship's going to go from here. Right. Because when you do the Oreo, you can totally break some of the defensiveness that people might have <laughs> as you're sharing. Um, so just maybe keep that in mind. So Debbie, what are, I'm going to share with you three things. If I only knew that I hope will help communicate where I am. So if I only knew that I really did need to clearly communicate with people because one, they can't read my mind and two, they aren't me. So they may not think the same way about situations (laughs) as I do. that. That is one of my biggest things. I do tend to think, well, everybody must feel this way about this. No, that's Mm -hmm. not always true. True. If I only knew to be honest in my communication, to not expect people to read between the lines, to not expect people to understand the things that I'm saying that I'm not saying. Okay. Cause that's not going to happen. Um, and that I need to be honest with my friends about who I am, truly who I am and about what I need in relationships. And then the third thing, if I only knew that I didn't need So you might notice that we had a little technical blooper and my third thing got a little bit cut off. So my third thing is that I wish I only knew that I didn't need to be afraid of or ashamed of what people think of me or who I really am, because I need to feel good about who I am in order for other people to feel good about who I am. And I don't need to be afraid of what my friends think about me. Right. Exactly. And I don't want to feel ashamed of the things that are important to me or that I believe or of who I am as a woman. I want to be celebrated. Celebrated. I agree. I want to be celebrated. So what about you, Debbie? What are your three things? Okay. My, if I only knew these three things would be number one, self-awareness just as key as it relates to this entire topic, loneliness, depression, 
um, friendships, toxic friendships, all of it, just how important it is to be aware and self-aware, not just look around at everybody else and decide, but really where are, where am I? Where am I in this picture? There's a lot I've learned just from doing these podcasts past couple of sessions, totally. I have to be honest. Um, second thing is that there should be no self-shame in how we experience either loneliness, depression, and friendships. Mm. You know, self-shame and, and, you know, don't feel just because you're depressed or you admit that you've had depression or whatever, that you should be shameful. Even if your surroundings and environment are perfect, yet you still hurt. The fact is that you still hurt. Many people hurt. Um, so don't have self-shame. That, that's important. And number three, the key to all friendships, good and toxic, is that, and I'll take the quote from Brittany, your daughter, is if my needs aren't met, I'll have difficulty meeting theirs, okay? Mm. And that, you know, if if I just pay attention to good, good, critically honest discussions, have the courage to be able Mm. to do that in some way, then that will not distract the vision um, and the beauty of a long-term friendship, so... That's, that's where I'm at with that. So that's awesome. Ladies, what do you think? We hope we're a, sorry for the, the little disruption. Yeah. I know you yeah. like and dogs barking and all the other that's fun right. things that we do. However, and we know we went a little bit longer today, but we really felt like this was valuable information. At least it was for us. That's for sure. That's right. So we hope that you'll continue to listen to the, if I only knew podcast and that you'll comment And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to, we hope you'll rate us and give us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about things. Yes. And thank you to those of you who have reviewed and have been sending us comments and commenting on social media. We, we truly appreciate uh, all the love. So you guys are are rock stars out there. Yes, We love you. And um, we hope you have a good rest of the week. Yes. Oh, next topic. Yes. So next week, we're going to start talking about inflammation. Yeah. The month of uh, February February is going to be on inflammation. Um, The statistics will take the same format again. And we're going to have some guests, a few guest speakers, talk about how to approach it, how to diagnose it. Yes. And our experiences. And our own personal experience. Because that's been a big thing for both of us. Yep. So yay. We look forward to seeing all you wonderful, powerful women next week. Bye.